0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode five of Morning Matcha. I'm here today with a high school friend of mine, Rachel Swimmer, who's an adult film star, a writer, and entrepreneur who goes by Tasha Rain. Okay, so thanks so much for coming today. Thanks for having me. I wanted to just kind of talk to you about, well, okay. I've never watched an adult film, and I'm kind of judgmental about it. Yeah. But I know you just from uh, high school. I want to say college. I know you from high school, and I always really admired how, like, you would take your little sisters around, and I felt like you drove them around a lot, <laughs> and you would take them down to, like, Mandarin King or... You know, and I always remembered that about you and just like keeping up on Facebook and stuff. I just really admire you and I'm so happy for you and your career. And I just thought, what a great way to kind of open up my world and maybe other people that are tuning in and just kind of learn more about you and how you got into the industry.
1: Yeah, I think those are really neat, you know, goals to have because everybody is just naturally judgmental. I mean, I am as well. It's not like because I do adult now, I'm just like this open book that accepts anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I understand like the need to know about things that you don't know about and that you have preconceived notions about. Um, Yeah, the adult industry is definitely leaps away from Laguna Beach, at least in my opinion, like growing up, I, we never really had, I never had a connection with it from Laguna. But- when I was in high school, I really loved the show, The Girls Next Door on E. Mm-hmm. And I always just felt like Holly Madison was just the queen. And like, that's what I wanted to be. I'm like, that's like, you look at a football player, you're like, I want to be a football player. I looked at Holly Madison and I was like, I want to be a centerfold. Mm-hmm. Duh, no brainer. <laughs> and, um, I just moved up to LA and pursued modeling through Playboy and eventually, was able to get in the magazine and to pose for them. And it wasn't going as fast as I wanted it to go in the sense that, you know, as a model, you often work for other people, so you'd work for them. But, you know, adult film stars seemed to be able to just, like, work for themselves and when they wanted to shoot. And they had a brand and a name, and you could make a lot of money. And it was more, you're an actress. So I I just always looked up to, like, Tara Patrick, Jenna Jameson, and I read this book that Jenna Jameson wrote called How to Make Love Like a Porn Star, and it convinced me, like, right away. I was like, oh, okay, that's what I want to do, and the book is certainly not, like, just, you know, some advocacy piece. It shows, like, good, bad, everything, but overall, it just seemed, like, a nice fit for me. Like, I felt like, oh, well, I really enjoy being nude on camera and entertaining people, it makes sense. So I just pursued it. And then I'm here like, well, six and a half, almost seven years later. And I'm 28 years old. I started when I was uh, 21 at the end of 21, almost 22. So, you know, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely kind of different and crazy than I expected. But at the same time, it's just like another form of entertainment, like anything else. So that's just how I got my start. And you also were studying women's studies. Yeah. Um, I was simultaneously dancing at a club called Silver Rain in Santa Monica, which is a strip club. Mm -hmm. And I was going to Santa Monica College before I transferred to UCLA to graduate. And women's studies was just the major that I was like most aligned with. I took a few classes and I was like, oh, I love like feminism and everything about women and rights. And a lot of people don't know, but women's studies has a lot to do with race and the government and the system as opposed to just women, because women, you know, make up all of those facets, but it's not, um, it's just not all about women. So they changed it to gender studies is yeah. what it's called now to make it like more politically correct. Mm mm-hmm. So I transferred to UCLA and I did continue to shoot while I was at UCLA, but it just, I, it took me so much longer than anybody else because I was working and I was just taking like a few classes here and there to just kind of make sure that I graduated eventually, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. cause I didn't want to drop out completely and I still want to go back to school. I love school, but I keep telling myself like, you can't go back to school yet. You have to do other things because I feel like it's such a safety net. Yeah. Yeah you know, a lot of people like to go to school because it makes you feel safe. You know, you don't have to worry about like being successful or starting a company or working. You're in school.
0: Yeah. You have some, or you have something to fall back on in case. Cause you think that, right. yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So it's more like luxurious. I want to go to school like in a little while mm-hmm. back again, but anyway, yeah. Um, women's studies definitely gives me a different lens to look through when I shoot adult content, but also when I just like Watch the Oscars or hang out with my friends and hear conversation because, you know, depending on what your background is, especially something that has so much to do with writing and talking, you really get a different perspective of the way that other people Interact and sexism and misogyny and racism, and all these things that are really like sensitive topics right now in politics. So, it's definitely, you know, people, a lot of my girlfriends will be like, You're so sensitive. You're so sensitive. And I'm like, I don't know if it's that I'm sensitive. I'm just like aware of what you guys are talking about or like the dialogue or the undertone, you know, because I'm a writer. So, I'm constantly analyzing literature and what people are saying and doing but yeah it was a really cool major kind of depressing but definitely cool (laughs) do you are you happy that it or do you have an opinion
0: about it switching to gender studies because I know some people some women are offended and some people are happy because it's more inclusive um
1: I like to just call it women's studies still because I feel like by taking away that name it kind of takes away the feminist goal behind the major but I understand gender studies actually in a way is better for like the masses because it maybe will encourage people that wouldn't necessarily be a women's studies major to become a women's studies major so it's kind of like trickery right because yeah, like I a lot of guys that. might be like oh gender studies that sounds less that sounds masculine enough but women's studies doesn't yeah but personally I just like to call it women's studies. <laughs> So what um, inspired
0: you to go out on your own and create your own content? Because not, I'm assuming not everyone can do that. And so what is it like, what are the startup costs associated with that? And when did you feel confident enough to move over and, start Tasha rain.com.
1: That's a really good question. A lot of people don't know, but the majority of female talent that are in the industry have their own websites and their own content and there are their own directors and their own producers. That's what makes adult feminist in my eyes, because, you know, there's not a lot of industries that provide that type of platform for women. And most female actresses own their own content. That's, that's pretty huge. Even if it's not super lucrative. It's still something that they've created and curated and that they can, you know, have later on when they leave. Um, My agent pushed me to make my own website like a year into my career. And I was like, I don't really know if I'm ready yet. Like, I just want to do my thing for other people. And he's like, no, you should definitely get on that. So you want to launch a site with about 15 to 20 scenes, maybe a few like in the can, so to speak, so that you can release them. Mm -hmm. But There's lots of different ways you can do it. Now in 2017, it's like the best time to basically make amateur content because that's what people really like to see. They want to believe it. And also the costs are like so much lower. And on top of that, you can just, you know, you don't have to rely on other people. So I always recommend that to girls, especially like women that reach out to me via email and ask if they want to if if I recommend them getting in the adult business and it's like a lot of pressure for me to answer those questions because I'm like, Oh God. Okay. Well, if I tell you yes and you do, and you don't like it, am I at fault? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, um, I always say that I think that the best way is just to kind of do it on your own. There's just so many different avenues where you can, you know, shoot your own stuff and cam online and you never have to show up to a set where anything can happen, whether it's an adult set or a regular set, you know, I just think that the feminist aspect is being able to do it on your own. It might sound hypocritical just because I've worked for so many other companies, but I feel like now that I'm 28 and I've been in for that long, I'm like, okay, I feel like I can happily recommend that to other girls, mm-hmm. but shooting content is a very costly. It's so expensive. Um, oftentimes, you know, I don't do it in order to even make a profit from it, but in order to maintain relevancy so that I can continue to host parties at clubs or feature dance or sign at conventions and get hired a higher rate so that it, you know, kind of circles back to, oh, well, she is relevant. She just released a new movie. So you don't always get to make money off of the content because of piracy. Mm -hmm. It takes away a lot of I think what adult content was and it's very, you know, that is a whole nother, a whole nother topic, but, um, yeah, I love shooting. And even though it's not as lucrative as it used to be, it's definitely something I like to do, but, um, things are changing, you know, when you get older and I have a boyfriend that doesn't want me to shoot with boys anymore. <laughs> things get very complicated. I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So my boyfriend is adorable. His name is Apollo, and he is a hip-hop musician. He uh, is amazing. I met him actually at my own house. His director for the music video rented out my place to shoot the video. Oh, awesome. So awesome. And he showed (laughs) up, and I was like, hmm, yep, I want to hang out with that boy. Like, (laughs) I liked him right away. So um, he just – he supports me, and he likes – you know, my history, he doesn't mind that I have <laughs> hundreds of adult videos out and that I still am in the adult industry, but he just doesn't want me to shoot with men anymore. He just is like, oh, you can, you know, just do girls or just by yourself. And I feel like five years ago, I would have been like, get out of here. Mm-hmm. But now I'm older and I'm definitely like wanting a family and I want to be serious with somebody in a monogamous relationship or at least like <laughs> monogamous off camera and if if that's what he needs me to do in order for him to feel safe and respected I'm like okay so I agreed oh that's so sweet yeah I was gonna ask about that
0: have you been in relationships where they're okay with it during the last five years or so
1: I had a boyfriend that was in the industry himself and he was okay with it but it still made him jealous Mm -hmm. um that relationship lasted for like over a year And then I dated a whole bunch casually, so I didn't make them my boyfriends. Mm -hmm. And then I had an open relationship for like a year where I didn't like him enough to (laughs) make him my boyfriend, (laughs) but I was like attached to him still. Yeah. So no, I haven't honestly had a a serious monogamous relationship where the person wasn't in the industry since high school. And that sounds crazy, but I have dated so much that I like know what I want. Yeah. at the same time, I'm like, oh, man, this is a relationship which is, like, so different than my single life. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, like, adapting to it every day. And I do things all the time that I don't even realize are, like, not appropriate. And he's like, babe, like, you can't text people, boys back when they text you on your phone. Like, you're taken. What are you doing? I'm like, oh, I didn't even, I didn't know. <laughs> you know? Oh, my gosh. I know. Well, what about um,
0: going back to like, the piracy and the way that people consume the content. I'm curious as to, well, okay, on your site, is it just you starring in it? Or do you have movies where you're not even in them and you're kind of, like, producing and directing them?
1: On my personal website, ToshRain.com, I am in... Almost all the scenes, but I say almost all of them because I had a time where I was investing tons of money into making movies and DVDs, which are still available on, you know, cable and broadcast and DVD and VOD. I haven't put them online, like on a a website platform, and I did direct and produce them and I'm not in any of them, like Mm. maybe in a scene out of five. You know, Mm -hmm. so I've taken like a solo from one of those and put it on my site just for like bonus, but I'm kind of waiting to put all of them together on a site separately so that I can like make more money instead of just having more content on my own site. Yeah. Cause I feel like if you have a a website that's dedicated to you, the content should be about you. But -hmm. then if you're going to have a site with the other content, it should be named like rain productions instead, you know? Yeah. So I just haven't really like focused on it because like I said, piracy is such a serious thing that now the content I'm making is really just to keep my brand out there. I mean, I make it back with the joins, but it's just not the nucleus of my income anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a an interesting situation but you have to go with the times like you know musicians have to tour now Mm -hmm. and adult stars have to feature dance and host parties at clubs and do conventions and (laughs) stuff and it's not what that's not my main goal so for me I'm trying to really like branch out and do other things like writing and radio and stuff that has nothing to do with foreign because the truth is you know there's a shelf life for it and also I've been doing it for a while I'm ready to like get outside my box mm-hmm. you know yeah I'm excited to read some of your writing thank you I'm actually writing an article right now for uprocks.com on mini pigs oh. so uh, for your sister you yeah, can share that information I'll have to tell her about it. yeah it's gonna be like just about how they're sustainable as a pet but also that they bring so much happiness and all of the all of the things that come with the mini pig life.
0: That's so sweet. <laughs> so for, for those of you that don't know, um, Rachel has two mini pigs. Yes. And two pups. Yes. And <laughs> she's, Are you, you're also a vegetarian, right? I'm vegetarian. What other like self-care rituals do you subscribe to for mm. yourself? That's a good question. I
1: mean, <laughs> 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 hmm. <laughs> baths.
0: Oh like yeah. I mean,
1: I go to the spa all the time. Mm -hmm. I really do. I'm like obsessed with self-care. I think it's the the most important part of my life. Sounds so selfish, but I'm like, if I don't get my Pilates in and my hair done and all the things I want to do, I don't know if I can do anything else. Yeah, (laughs) It's like obsessive almost, but sometimes that's what you need. Yeah. Yeah. And I just feel like as a woman or a, a person, but I can only, I can really only relate to women. If you feel good about yourself, it doesn't matter what that means to you. You know, even if it's just getting your nails done or dressing in a way that makes you feel confident, I feel like it affects every aspect of your life, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So I'm definitely into promoting just like being healthy I don't try to harass people about being a vegetarian, but I (laughs) definitely now, since I own mini pigs, Mm -hmm. I even have gone as far to be like, I want to be a vegan. And I just haven't committed to the lifestyle quite yet. Mm -hmm. But anytime I have a chance, I eat vegan, like cafe gratitude outside. I'm going to for sure go there right after this.
0: The um, owners of cafe gratitude are officiated Eric and I's wedding. No. We love them. No. Yeah, you have to go to their farm. What? They're really cool. They have cool. a farm? Mm-hmm. Where? In Vacaville, like near Sacramento. What? Yeah, you can go stay there, and they'll tour you around. It's really oh cool. Oh, my God. You would love it. That's so cute. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about just sex education for kids, yeah. and also just I know that you did, like, a PSA for Prop 60. And I watched it, and it was interesting because I – so I personally, when – that when was that it was I guess that was in November that we yeah. voted on it that was so recent um I was under or my opinion was that our kids are consuming this content and unfortunately there's not enough sex education in school right. and that's why the condom I felt was really important because yeah. they sh- to practice safe sex but then after watching your PSA I was like, oh, wow, I didn't even think about, you know, what goes in your body and how you should have.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: do you want to expand a little bit on that and also on sex education in general?
1: Sure. I feel like whether it's the food that we eat or the movies we watch or the porn that we take in, it's really easy to forget about where it comes from. Like, where did your meat come from? Where did your porn come from? What kind of circumstance was that woman under? So it's important to really critically analyze everything that you do. And like living a mindful and conscious life helps you to do that. And so when it comes to porn and that particular prop, it's very, it's very natural to be like, oh, well, they're the sex educators. But then you have to take a little step back and be like, wait, no, they're not. They're mm-hmm. that's not what they're getting paid to do. So such a bigger the crux of the problem is that America doesn't have a sex education system. And instead of spending billions of dollars on the military, we should be putting it into our sex education because I believe it would prevent women from being raped. I think it would help men feel more comfortable about the way that they feel. And it would allow for children to speak up When something happens, that's not okay. And I just don't feel like even in a place like Laguna where we had so much money, Mm -hmm. I just don't remember having a thorough sex ed class ever. I literally, I I recall some sort of birthing class. I don't remember anything. Maybe (laughs) in seventh
0: grade, but like how to wear a condom or whatever. It just went
1: right over my head. Like I literally, it should be, I don't understand how it's not a class just like math and art and history. Sex is is. Everything. That's the most important part of life to most people, right? I mean, if you don't have your sex life, it's, it's really, it's a real issue. It's a real problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. Seriously. And in so many ways, porn helps facilitate people that don't have a sex life. Yeah. But, you know, I agree. I think that we have a horrible Education system, and that somebody needs to reform it. And I currently go on tour to different college campuses and speak in the classrooms. And actually, yeah, it's it makes me feel like I'm giving back Mm -hmm. because it makes me feel a little bit guilty. Actually, that you know, children do consume adult because their parents don't necessarily regulate what they're taking in, but also because they don't have any other access to sex. Mm -hmm. Even when I was in seventh grade, that's what I was watching Mm -hmm. online. I would like sneak into my mom's computer upstairs when she wasn't looking. And, you know, she didn't know about pop up things and spam and how you can just kind of, you know, create a barrier, which is super easy. It's not hard at all Mm -hmm. to block, you know, your kids out of that type of stuff. But she just was so lax. And that's the problem. Like, she should have been more knowledgeable. And then also it's, you know, our school system should just be reformed. But what I feel like I can do is, you know, go to colleges and talk to people about consent and how important it is and kind of just give my knowledge about sex to youth. But I'm not welcome on high school campuses or middle school campuses because as a sex worker, you are literally, you're literally not allowed to like go in and be a teacher and it's really messed up because people don't talk about that type of discrimination, but it's very real. And, you know, a lot of teachers have been fired from their positions because they had some adult video that they made like five years or 10 years prior. And it's like, they didn't do anything illegal. So why is it okay to discriminate against them? But you can't, you can't not hire a teacher because they're gay. Like it makes no sense. Mm -hmm. It should, it's just one of the many issues, but you know, because it doesn't directly affect me as I don't want to be a a middle school teacher. (laughs) I don't, I don't like harp on it, (laughs) but, um, my whole point is that I think there should be consent videos out there. There should be more money put into the institution around sex, but most importantly, parents should Mm -hmm. somehow, you know, have a choice in educating their kids, but make sure that they are knowledgeable about, all of the many (laughs) things that can come along with being sexually active as as a teen. And I was sexually active as a teen. And I feel like I knew about stuff just because I asked my mom and she was like way too open. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But at the same time, I didn't know enough. I didn't have like a proper education about it. So I'm in your same boat and I want to have kids and I want them to grow up you know, healthy and having a good idea about their body and about consent and about protection and sex. And I don't know who's going to teach them other than me because I, well, they're lucky they have you, but how did you learn? So it was your mom. And I mean, I really didn't know, like I said, it is enough. I didn't know as much as I should have known, but what I do remember is that my mom, when she knew I had a serious boyfriend and she knew I was going to have sex or that I was having sex. I don't really know which came first. She was like, okay, well, you know, you have to use condoms and we have to get you on birth control and you can have sex, but be safe about it. And like, you know, and I don't remember ever hearing the talk about like gonorrhea and chlamydia and HIV and syphilis and, What's that one that everybody has, the HPV Mm -hmm. virus? And I just don't recall any of that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I just learned it later on as a performer when I get tested every two weeks at a clinic in the Valley that, you know, these are the diseases you can get. This is how they spread. This is what you need to know. Wow. (laughs) So So how do you
0: stay safe as a performer?
1: As a performer, I stay safe because in our industry, it's required to provide a test from a very specific testing facility. And there's two of them that I know of in the Valley. And the type of testing that they have is more advanced than like if you and I just went down and got tested at Planned Parenthood or something. Mm -hmm. It shows the HIV results the next day, but it also captures if you've had that virus within like a two week thing. So it's just like extra fast. So Mm -hmm. it costs like $200 almost to go and get tested every two weeks, but I do it because my health is everything. And because you can't work unless you have the clean test, at least when it comes to like the industry standards, it's Mm -hmm. not a law made by the federal government, but it's a law within the, in our industry. So it's like a self-governed law. Mm -hmm. So, I exchanged my test with my partner and I realized that they care about their body probably as much as I do in the sense that it's where they make their money. Yeah. And, um, I feel very, very confident and comfortable and I've never tested positive for an STD for within the industry in the entire time I've been in the industry. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that that's like everybody's story, but that really truly is mine. Um, the only time I ever caught anything like a casual, you know, chlamydia, which people don't often know that they have it because there's oftentimes no symptoms associated with that whatsoever, mm-hmm. was when I had sex outside of the adult industry with a guy that I liked and that I, like, thought wasn't promiscuous and I just messed up and I dropped the ball. Wow. But, like, it wasn't it wasn't the end of the world. I was very knowledgeable about what to do. You take a pill, it cures it in four days, it's not good to catch it and I should have been safer, but, you know, life happens and it's just It's nice to know that, like, I know when I am sick down there, Mm -hmm. but I just know so many of my girlfriends haven't been tested in years and they don't feel like they should because they don't have symptoms. But it's like, that doesn't mean anything. You Mm -hmm. could for sure have chlamydia and you just don't know it. Mm -hmm. And the problem is some of those diseases, like that particular one, it actually... Prevents you from having children or from giving, from being able to carry a baby if you have it for too long. So there's lots of things associated with each disease that you don't even know about. Mm -hmm. So I'm very much like on the up and up. (laughs) Yeah, you
0: definitely are.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever
0: been harassed during work or because of your work by anyone?
1: Yeah. Um. (laughs) Oh well, I was going to say I was. I wrote an article on Galore Mag just in October about being assaulted at a Kanye West concert but it had nothing to do with my work <laughs> it just had to do with being a woman Wow. so yeah I mean what happened um this man next to me it's horrible I was there with my girlfriend Cammie um oh, yeah. you know her know. and yeah we're dancing and watching Kanye and like this group of guys comes up in their seats next to us and like I said it's a dark it's a nothing to do with my work they don't know who I am I'm not even looking at them and I just kept feeling this guy like rubbing up against me and I was like oh that's not okay but it's really like tight quarters so I'll just scoot over mm-hmm. and then I was like oh oh he's he's grabbing me and then he went and he grabbed me so hard on like the most inappropriate part <gasps> on my ass and I freaked out screaming reported it to the bouncer. Then he escaped. And then now I have a lawyer that like continues to <laughs> send live nation <laughs> a letter. That's like, we will sue. If you don't respond, we just want their seat numbers, like the names of the mm-hmm. guys. Cause I wrote down their seat numbers and I filed a report while I was there and ruined my whole concert experience to try to get justice for the situation. Cause I don't think it's right. Yeah. But it's neither here or there. It's just one of the many instances that have led me to actually really feeling like anxious in public areas. Like Mm -hmm. I I feel like my agoraphobia has gone up, but it's like I said, that happens all the time at concerts and at football games and in public. And it's nothing to do with somebody's job. It's just because we're women and I don't think that men have had any classes about consent or about how, how pivotal that is. And they also don't feel like they have a lot of repercussion to that action. I mean, he was, he fled the scene, Mm -hmm. so he knew he did something wrong, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I mean, he did it in the first place, but when it comes to my work, yeah, I'm so paranoid and cautious because of things that accidentally well not accident have happened to me like at a convention where I wasn't prepared. So we have security at the convention, but if you want to have like your own private security, that's, uh, that's on you. Right. So it depends though. So like at AVN, I'm hired by a company that flies me out and they have a personal security guard there, but is he really vested in me or is he just like working for them? And you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, you have to make sure that you have somebody at all times. That's literally like, watching you if you're in a public sphere, just like any model would if they were doing a public appearance. So now because I learned about three years ago at um, Exotica, no, Adult Con in LA, this guy came up to me and it was the, the shadiest thing. He didn't like say anything. There were security guards all on the outside of the place, like at the front, very close. I could have like screamed or yelled. And he just came up to me. And he, like, asked for a signature, and I went to give him a signature, and he just, like, grabbed me. And I – it was weird. I froze because that's never happened to me before. Like, nothing like that had ever happened up until this point. Yeah. And it's, like, a lot of girls say that if they are assaulted or harassed in general at a party, anything, that they kind of freeze up. It's not, like, an immediate reaction to, like, go seek help. You're, like, oh what did I do? What's going on? You almost blame yourself because yeah. that's, like –
0: what were conditions? Yeah,
1: exactly. But then afterwards, ever since then, it's actually, in a good way, it taught me to, no matter what, where I go when it comes to, you know, any convention, if I choose to sign there, I have to have somebody like this. And that's great. But it's also annoying that, you know, that happened in the first place. And I, you know, in retrospect, I'm like, oh, I could have just got this, the security guard, but I froze because mm-hmm. it had never happened. So, there's always a risk calculus involved and, you know, not everybody is going to be professional, and so you have to make sure, let me turn that off. It keeps on going <laughs> off. You have to make sure to um to be aware of what is okay and what's not okay and always have yourself at the front of your what's important and what's and what's not. And so if anything on set happens that's, you know, inappropriate or unprofessional, it's one of those things where it's tricky because a lot of the people we know are our friends or we've been working for them for with a long, for a long time. And at the same time, in general, you know, throughout the year, my days on set are great, but there's always going to be like one time where you're like, oh God. And if you go in and you speak out about it, it perpetuates the message that, oh, well, you know, that's how this industry is. And it's, that's not true. That's how every industry is because of sexism. Mm-hmm. So You have to, I have to kind of pick my battle, so to speak. And so it was easier for me to like pursue being harassed at a Kanye concert, right? Because there's nothing that's just so, that's blatantly wrong. But on set, it becomes more political, right? If something happens because you have to stand up and it's, your industry is involved in politics and the way people view the whole thing. So my girlfriend, Nikki Benz, um, she recently was assaulted by a director who I've worked with many times and, you know, I never cared for him, but he never assaulted me. And she spoke out and she is filing, um, she filed a police report and she's suing him and the company. And it's like a big mess and it's a lot of bad PR, but it's okay because I think sex workers have to speak up because people have this Odd notion that because we have consensual sex, then somehow we are a rapeable person. Yeah, and it's crazy because saying that out loud is like, oh my God, that's nuts. That can't be real, but it is real. That is really how people feel. Yeah. So I'm really proud of her because she like gave the police my number and a bunch of people's numbers so that we could like tell them how we feel about Tony T, the director, mm-hmm. and about you know she's doing what she can do, and that's all you can ever do is just do your best. But yeah, I think. It's not, it's not like, oh, just all the time that this happens, but I would, I'd be lying if I said that, you know, people don't have different views about me now because of my job and I'm not treated differently. I am, but I am privileged enough to be able to like control my environment. Yeah. But not everybody is. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's so beautifully said.
0: Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I wanted to ask you just uh, one last question. Yeah, sure. Sure.
1: I feel what? like I'm rambling. I know I love it's it. So matcha.
0: <laughs> what what are you inspired by and what are you excited about for the future of your career?
1: Oh my gosh, such a deep question. <laughs> you can keep rambling. I am inspired <laughs> every day by my love that I have for my animals, for my boyfriend, for my friends, for my family and <clears throat> I always feel like if I can make a difference even if it's you know just going and speaking at college classes or if it is being an activist against something that I feel like would endanger me or speaking up for women or writing those are the things that inspire me the most because it makes me feel like if I die tomorrow at least I've like left something meaningful behind Mm -hmm. to me those are you know, that's the most important thing in my life to make sure that I make a difference. And um, I'm just looking forward to just my future in general not just an adult but in in every way and especially this summer I'm going to Greece with my boyfriend for the whole summer and I'm so excited wow. about it I'm Three so months excited like, yeah <gasps> yeah this the whole be summer so fun have you been there yes I'm obsessed it's my favorite place in the world oh you'll yeah. have to tell me all about it I've yes, never been so. I will oh my gosh it's so romantical yeah. you have to go <laughs>
0: Well, that's a nice thing to look forward to. Yes, very much. Well, thanks for coming and having Matcha with me. Thank you
1: for having me. This was so much fun. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.